the day and I'll go to school tomorrow. First impressions are incredibly important. Honey, you can make a wonderful first impression. Brenda, how could you? He was a jerk, okay? I've made my choice and I choose me. No So Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome back to 902 <laughs> No So, Beverly Hills 90210 Podcast Retrospective. I'm all shook up tonight, Tim Capel. How are you? Uh, yeah, about the same, JT. Uh, I have to say, I was not prepared for this episode. It was um, a little bit chaotic, <laughs> um, which we'll get into. We, um, we were going to have a returning guest joining mm-hmm. us here tonight, but... Uh, he ended up not being able to make it, but we managed to find and corral on very short notice someone else. So who is the ringer that we are bringing in in the place of Sean Kidd? It's our, uh, another returning guest. He was actually in one of our That's earliest right. episodes, one of our most infamous episodes, that is. <laughs> that is the one and only Mr. Rocco Martone. Rocco, how are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, no one said pinch hitter on a baseball-themed episode, so... Mm. <laughs> we teed it up for you. Softball yeah. right there. Oh, I should have been like, here yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm pinching it. I'm like the Harold Baines. Thanks for having <laughs> me, guys. I appreciate it. We're here for you, and you're here for us. It's a good symbiotic relationship. Always. Welcome par- back. A, I, f- I feel that your chaos will will match the chaos of this episode. <laughs> um, that's. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, we already know your history. Um, with Nato to now, so we don't need to get into that. So that's good. <clears throat> so we can just go ahead and, and dive in. Describe, and... You want me to describe some of the parties that I had watching Nato to now? Or... You know, tell <laughs> us again. Tell us again. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no. Yeah. No, everyone. Everyone knows. No. Uh, yeah, we were just watching this and partying. And uh, I do remember the last time we had the party watching Nato to now with our college friends is when the college friends would come back and they mm-hmm. were not as heavy drinkers as we were. So they would be drinking and lose their fucking minds because they were not as uh you know they weren't the uh, well-schooled drinkers at age 19 or 20 that we were my my normal three-man crew so things got a little chaotic and we had to kibosh the whole night when one friend of ours uh brought some other kid over that my the, the main crew guy didn't like and he put the kid in a fucking leg lock and uh there was a big fight breaking out and a coffee table got broken and our 90210 nights came to an end that very night shit and I threw a box, I threw a tub of utter cream on the kid while he was getting knee, his knee snapped by my friend. So when the uh, cops came, my, this one kid was covered in utter cream that we found in my friend Steve's dad's uh, bathroom. So there was utter Steve cream. Steve Sanders? <laughs> utter <laughs> no. cream. So, yeah, that's another story. I didn't need to tell that story. I'm sorry. Guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, why don't we go ahead and dive in uh, to this episode. It is episode 20. Unbelievably enough, after this, we'll only have two left in season one, guys. So it's exciting times for sure. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Season one, episode 20, Spring Training, aired April 25th, 1991 on Fox. And we open... With Brenda Walsh running through the neighborhood working out. I guess this is a thing for her. We've seen it now a couple times, her jogging. So mm-hmm. uh, her exercise of fancy. She's joined by a dog who she calls Fluffy and says, go home, Fluffy. Fluffy ignores her and won't leave her side. 
We then cut over to a baseball field where we meet Coach Jim with his uh, Jim Walsh, that is, with his assistants, Brandon, Steve, as well as Dave Franklin, who's the head of the West Beverly Baseball League. We find out Dave's son, Davey, will be part of these big tryouts, and Jim's going to be coaching a team along with Brandon and Steve helping him out. <clears throat> Steve is wearing a white wife beater, <laughs> tight black capri pants, baseball pants, sure and stirrups. He's got quite the outfit on with here. His, with his little belly showing. It's like a fucking Lululemon outfit that he's wearing, <laughs> like straight up. I couldn't tell if it was like most 80s or like most 2018s. So. so silly. And Brandon has a hat on. Like he He's more hat kid than hat kid. I mean, he's like fucking blossom level <laughs> with the hats on the show. And he wears another right. one later and he wears it in a completely different way. So Loves the hats. Well, he's got such gorgeous hair too. It's amazing. Yeah, it seems like a shame to cover it up. So we found out Jim and Dave also work together at the accounting firm. And uh, we find out that Jim kind of sucks at baseball, even though he talks it up and he's going to coach. He throws his back out, taking a swing out of the game. Immediately. So he's hurt. First thing he does, he's hurt. Smash so, cut to him in bed, too. Like, yeah, really cut funny to, cut. <laughs> we cut to Cindy, who's helping Jim. He's laid up in bed. Um, this felt, this resonated with me, this whole scene here. She's giving him <laughs> shit for not stretching. Uh, and Cindy says it gets worse. You know, she's got it worse than him. She calls him an aging jock because Jim is kind of like, you know, I'm, it's worse for me than you. And she's like, fuck that. I got to take care of your ass now and the whole house where you lay here. Jim says, look, I'll be back at it by Monday. I'm back coaching. She says, no way. Dr. Kramer said you're going to stay off your feet for a while. Brandon Brandon kind of busts his balls. And Jim says, hey, Brandon, you and Steve got to run this team with me on the sideline. So, uh, Tim, take us through these first couple scenes. Did you feel like we, we set the stage well enough? All right. Yeah, I do think we set the stage well enough right away when we establish that this this co-worker of Jim's is some big wig. But uh, Jim is going to be coaching the Little League te- team, including this guy's son. You know, right away, like the kid's going to be a little shit or, or it's, it, there's going to be some conflict generated from uh, Jim being the coach and this guy uh, being a co-worker slash uh, uh, head of the league, whatever. Like we know where this is going. We've seen we've kind of seen this story before. Mm-hmm. So. I have to say, um, with this being a baseball episode, I'm kind of primed to hate it. But um, uh, spoiler, it, it does surprise me. It, it does go in some places as as uh, this thing is going to play out. Um, I do want to comment on I, – I know I have made this remark before, but something about Steve, uh, Steve Sanders, and it's a thing that – uh, Ian Ziering does where he just, he just has a really sexy walk for a guy who <laughs> is not himself like all that sexy, right? Like he's right. not, you know, he's playing a stud, but he, he really has to kind of, you know, you got to warm up to him in that role and just, just roll with it. Cause I mean, he, he ain't sexy, right? Yeah. He, he ain't a lot to look at, but something about that walk, that swagger that he has, and you really see it in these tight ass, um, you know, b- uh, this baseball uniform that is um, really very extra. Uh, so that that was doing something for me in in ways that I, I again, was not prepared for. Um, that's going to be the theme of, of this one, I feel like. Um, but poor Big Jim throwing his back out. This happens, by the way, within like the first two minutes of the episode. <laughs> Very little setup. I mean, we are we are hitting the ground running here. Um, Rocco, this is a whirlwind. Yeah, um, it is wild. He hits one fungo. Tim, do you know what a fungo is? Have you ever turned that? Heard that term? There's no way I would know what that is. <laughs> it's just when you, you you hit the ball yourself, you pitch it yourself. 
Um, okay. Pulls it out immediately. I guess I could have used context clues. <laughs> the smash cut, whether well, it really plays "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," it's like while he cut, well, cuts to him in bed is mm-hmm. ridiculous. And then Great. the twin magic fucking Brandon and uh, Donna, Donna, Jesus Christ, Brenda in the in the in the door frame at the end, and that that music is straight out of like a '60s sitcom. Like it's mm-hmm. the the tone is very weird to start. So uh, I was very interested and. Good to know that your Tim's look is uh, a woman going into a Planet Fitness. That's your new style. <laughs> but a man in that outfit. So good to know. And walking very sexy. Yeah, walking I got to rewatch. Very, mainly the walk. Yeah. Put that in gift. He, one got, he does kind of this bounce thing. He he he's always very like he has very good posture for mm-hmm. one thing. If you if he you does. notice, that is definitely a Steve thing, and and it's something that never gets talked about i feel like with this character he has extremely good posture and, and he has this little bounce to his walk um but i noticed if, if no one else does i mean he must have confidence he's like six inches taller than every other dude in the cast so i would yeah, think he's uh, feeling himself just bringing my step so we cut to the peach pit where brandon's trying to recruit dylan to help coach the team we because we found out dylan apparently was great at baseball as a kid um, but he says he wants no part of it. The parents and the obsession with winning is too much for him. He doesn't want to deal with it. He's all, he cares more about the game. Uh, Andre is also there. She says how competitive the league is, that she knows uh, a player that was so good, like, like a great pitcher, that was not even you know included because of how exclusive this league is. It's a kid from the Valley. Uh, Brandon promises that him and Steve aren't going to run it like this. They're, they're going to be on the up and up. So then we do another smash cut. We got Steve wearing banana yellow pants, um, <coughs> which they weren't even like athletic pants. I don't, I don't know what they were. And he's immediately berating all the kids at practice. Uh, one kid picks his nose and Steve makes him run laps because of it. We do find out that Davey was drafted to this team uh, and Steve calls him their franchise. Dave Franklin shows up. He's got all brand new equipment for everyone. Uh, we see Steve kind of hamming it up with this kid named Noah. So you can tell Steve's kind of gravitating to who look to be the better players on the team. Uh, Dave tells Brandon to let him know if he needs anything. And Steve, Steve's loving it. He's loving having the big, the big cheese with all the cash running the league. Also have the kid on the team. He knew this would happen where they'd kind of get preferential treatment and get hooked up. So uh, what'd you think of this initial intro to the, the team here and Brandon and Steve style? And also Rocco, are you surprised that Dylan was a star baseball player? No, because he's brooding and all, but I think, and he's artistic, but I feel like he's an athletic dude. I feel like he would have done all the things to do. And I think that the, who he is now is because he's disenfranchised with being that stud, you know what I mean? Right. At his young age. So, mm. and I think that's why, like, he was definitely maybe the, the pitcher kid that we'll see eventually. Um, Steve is ridiculous in this whole thing. And this Noah kid, holy shit, I cannot. Where is he from? He's straight out, like, fucking Joe Pesci accent. I swear <laughs> to God, he came out of a fucking, like, the Sopranos episode, he's going to be like, what, no fucking ZD next or something like that? <laughs> it was insane. Steve calling a kid a booger picker is wild. And watching Steve with that kid who sucks so bad was kind of like in the office when mm-hmm. uh, Pam looks at Roy and he's playing with Meredith's shitty fucking son. And she's just like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> this, is the, this is the kid my guy likes. It's like, right, right. holy shit. And I'm pretty sure he calls him a little squeef at one point, too. So. Yeah, what a what a indication that Steve kind of sucks as a as a as a person in some yeah, ways. Yeah, so. you know what? Yeah, this this is kind of a throwback type episode to uh, Steve as the character who sucks. Like they, he's not an out and out villain, but when you need somebody to be the asshole, it's you're gonna fall back on Steve, especially in this first season. So we're seeing that right away. Um, 
I, but I feel like I, this first, was a little bit more justifiable. Like, yeah, dude, any, any kind of rather have the team with the good player and the hookup with the cash. Like, and, and he just jock. wants to we, win. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's a jock at heart. He's mm-hmm. he's a rich kid at heart. Like, yeah, it's like right up his alley. I, I don't blame him too much on this one. I could blame right. him for being anywhere near that Noah kid and finding that kid remotely interesting. Well, yeah, that, yeah, obviously. Well, you know, it is better than the uh, sudden, um, all of a sudden racism in the basketball episode. So it was <laughs> like, um, we don't see anything on that level from Steve here. So I, I guess, yes, it is an improvement. Um, I, I had a hard time at first. I was mixing up uh, Davey, who's who's the, the league um, owner's son. The, fr- the franchise. Um, yes, the franchise, who, who was like... Uh, really gifted, but otherwise kind of a blank slate, it seems like. And then Noah, who's like, you always have to have just a shit boy. And mm-hmm. and one of these, um, especially these little league, like kid based sports teams and, and right. shows like this, there's always got to be that shit stir. And so that's, that's what this, this, uh, goof Noah is, um, that the roles would be re- reversed, right? You would, yeah. You you would think that the the owner's son would be the snotty asshole, but so so that's why I was a little bit mixed up at first. But got it straight as we went along here, and um, I don't know, like as far as where this kid came from with that accent and everything, he had to have starred in some of those. 80s and 90s uh, TV movies that Rocco, you and I are so fond of. I mean, <laughs> that's just such a like you got to get. A kid like, he, like that. He's the go-to. <laughs> we gotta get no. Right. Or he would have been like, um, yeah, like even in like the Bronx Tale, like a, a background actor or something in that, mm-hmm. you know. Throwing papers and newsies. Exactly. <laughs> That's, you know what? Yeah, I could totally picture that. Um, Did you hear all think... about it? <laughs> also, his name's Noah. Is he eventually going to be Noah Hunter from like the later seasons? Oh, good Lord. Imagine I don't that. know if that adds up age-wise. Well, I guess these kids are probably what? <laughs> 10 or 11. Yeah. Uh, I don't think yeah. Noah was meant to be younger than. <laughs> and he also wasn't a snot nosed punk from New York City. Right. That'd be eight years from now. So, yeah. I don't, if, unless Noah was 19 s- when he shows up. Uh, he, he just sucked in different ways. <laughs> also, shitty Noah. All right. So, Dylan brings Brenda home, and Brenda's like, Do you want to come in? If you do, you might have to deal with Angry Dad. Uh, and Dylan's like, No, nah, I'm good. Uh, but as Brenda leaves, and says goodbye to Dylan and goes back inside. She notices Fluffy's in the yard, digging through the trash. And again, he ignores her request to to leave the premises. Uh, and he just sob, kind of sobs. And she caves and goes to get him some bologna. We go back to the field for practice. Noah botches a ground ball while Brandon's trying to coach him up. Noah basically tells Brandon to fuck off and just leaves. Um, so he's like, he ain't not having any coaching. <laughs> Steve says Noah's mom is the team mom. And they brought an amazing spread, including. Oh, my God. Yep. Dim sum. Oh, I lost it. Dim sum. <laughs> Our first introduction to dim sum in the, in the world of Beverly Hills. Now the two went out. I I I popped so hard for that. I, I yelled. Too. I yelled across the room to my cat. Tim, how bad did you want to push Noah in front of in front of traffic? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so bad. I was I was actually rooting for the dog to like attack him. You know, <laughs> the shaggy DA dog off. comes running into this scene out of nowhere and just kills this uh-huh. kid. Joe just turns into Cujo. Fucking roll. Also, not not yet for the most '90s thing, but a fucking turtleneck underneath a sweatshirt to play baseball is the most. I know this movie's not this shows '90s, but that's an '80s thing. Like parents love to dress kids up in way too much clothes to play sports. Like 
I used to wear shorts with sweatpants underneath when I played soccer. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, that's just what you wear, dude. It's like, this is crazy. I'm wearing, I, so that's a very, uh, that's a very 80s thing, if you ask me. So, But he's from New York, obviously. So maybe that's a New York, New Jersey thing. I don't know. Mm, could be. All right, we go back to the Walsh house. Jim is... Oh, real uh, quick, hop- real quick. Yeah, the music yeah. that played when they said dim sum, like, did they really need the Oriental riff underneath it? <laughs> yes! Did they need that to, to really nail home that dim sum is such a crazy okay. food? That is such a 90s thing. Jesus Christ. Anything you mentioned something from another culture, specifically, specifically from an Eastern culture, you must cue it up with the music <laughs> to yeah. let people know, whoa, yeah. we're really out there. Yeah. It's exotic. Yeah. Pat Tanaka's Orient Express music just playing over the bar. Oh, but, my God. Okay. Sensei Patrick Tanaka. <laughs> oh, so also, G- also, he mentions bottled water. Like, it's fucking the, like the Hope Diamond. She brought bottled well, water. It kind of was, though, in the early that's, 90s. That's the thing. I've told young yeah. people this, that they don't get. Bottled water is a thing that did not, was not a thing. <laughs> yeah, not until really, what? Yeah. Probably the late 90s, I guess, is when it started to kind of creep up as a thing. Definitely. Like, stand-up comedians would make jokes about bottled water, right? And mm-hmm. it was such a fucking wild thing, but also, sorry, I, I just... And looked at it as an extravagance, too, for the longest time. Yeah, that's a pinkies out thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, for now sure. It's a, now it's a white trash thing, because everyone has, like, a real, like, a flask or something. Right. Back then, you drank out of a fucking, you know, your tap tap water. That hit off it. the garden hose, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Jim hobbles downstairs for dinner. He's got his back brace on. He's bitching. You can tell he's miserable from the pain. Uh, Brandon's talking about the team, says the players' attitudes are a pain in the ass. The league has run different than Minnesota. And Jim, like, doesn't want to hear it. He's like, stop being such a bitch, basically. Stop being so critical. You're just coaching baseball. This is baseball. You know, my his buddy runs the league. He doesn't want to hear it. Uh, we then hear a dog barking in the backyard. And Jim wants to investigate, but he can't really move. So after we get like um, like 30 seconds of them being like, oh, I'm going to go check. I'm going to go. No, you're not. Brenda finally just caves and, and introduces the family in the garage to the new dog. Jim doesn't want the dog because he says, as any dad would say, I'm going to be stuck with the responsibility. Not you. You'll you'll bring the dog in the house and it's going to be me walking him around. But Brenda promises. And Jim says, well, you said the same thing about Ruby, and you said the same thing about Randolph, and he said the same thing about Mr. Pepper, and reveals that Mr. Pepper was left outside to freeze to death in the Minnesota winter. So Brenda's got an awful track record of uh, dog care. And John Wayne Gacy of dog care. Yeah, well, I mean, this was grim. This, that, that was a little much. Animal she froze a dog to death. <laughs> I feel like it, like, like pet love wasn't as big back then either. That's another 90s thing. It was just like, well, yeah. whatever. You know, dog die, move on. And then did they need the whole who's on first routine for fucking half a minute before they got to the dog murdering uh, Brenda parts? I mean, yeah. Again, well, I, like I, I feel like Jim amps it up because he wants to take Fluffy to the fucking kill pound, <laughs> like, like, you know, like the kill floor on the pound, like immediately. He's like not even doesn't even want to hear it. He's just like, nope. Take him to the pound. And Cindy basically tells him to sit the fuck down. Stop being yeah, an she, asshole. Yeah, she called him out. It was great. Yeah, she's like, oh, you're just in pain. Shut up. Uh, Brenda refuses, says, there's no way we're taking this dog to the pound. Uh, and Cindy says that they will try and find an owner. And Cindy really lays down the law. Uh, but Jim says it's a mistake to trust Brenda, uh, who has now officially named the dog Wally Rocco. So what are your thoughts on uh, Wally's introduction? Oh, uh, it, it's great to have. Jim was <laughs> such an anger, a ball of anger in this fucking mm-hmm. scene. Like he is uh, he's enraged. He's a bald spot of anger too. He's got a crazy bald spot on display uh, for half this scene because he's bent over. I love Brenda calling. Uh, Brenda, I love his. I love his wife calling him a bitch. Like, be a man, dude. Stand up. And uh, 
Yeah, I, I like Brenda's immediate allegiance to the dog. It was really sweet to watch. And her whole interactions with the dog so far and in the rest will be super sweet, even though she has killed multiple dogs. But um, yeah, it was cool. The Shaggy DA is uh, is there and uh, I'm happy to see him. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, James Eckhouse's uh, angry dad acting in this scene. I don't think we've seen that from uh, from Big Jim up to this point in the show. Where again, like like Rocky, as you put it, he's just this ball of of rage um, and anger. Um, but pretty good, pretty good work there put in. By, I guess he's on Mr. drugs Eckhouse. too. Like this is he's on could be stoked yeah. up right. Loaded up on yeah, loaded up on like in in the good '90s drugs before they outlawed. Um, <laughs> all the heavy duty narcotic painkillers. Um, it's a Cindy giving what for here. Also a great look for her. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to mess with this lady. Um, and, and this dog, by the way, is, is one of those dogs with, uh, and look, I'm a, I'm a dog person. Um, I always grew up with dogs. This, this is one of those dogs with very expressive eyes that looks like an old man. <laughs> um, it, it's just one of those shaggy dogs, right? And, um, you know, Brenda takes a liking to him. She says she she inquired with the animal shelter and we're like, well, you know, a lot of these um, a, lot, a lot of these strays that, you know, they end up being destroyed um, in short order. So it's not like she didn't try, but Jim is still not having it. So to your point, JT, just <laughs> the casual disregard for for animals. And oh, yeah, they just the don't give a 90s. shit. He's like, whatever, let him go it's, rot in the fucking he does in the not care. <laughs> well, I get it. Like they're doing a good job of amping up that like he's just in crippling pain, mm-hmm. and um, Cindy's and like problem on edge too because she's dealing with this fucking bullshit. So, and you can tell it's not the first time like Jim has done this, gotten laid up, and you know she's had to to deal with it. So, yeah. So the Walsh household here is really teetering on edge. <laughs> All right, so Brandon uh, goes to chat with Nat at the pit, and he says, I got to change shifts because the baseball practice schedule's out and it coincides with the shift. And Nat says, hey, you know what? That's a good thing you're doing. Of course, you can switch your shift. And Nat reveals that he also coaches a team at the Mid-Center Park and Rec Center. And they stink, but he doesn't care. He loves, loves the tradition of baseball uh, and just helping the kids. He's not in it to win it. Uh, so then we cut over to practice, and Steve reveals that he wants to make a trade. Wants to send the booger booger picker Crawford <laughs> off to another team, and he's gonna ask Franklin to dump him since he's dead weight. Um, you know, Brandon's kind of like, ah, like really. And uh, the team mom, who's Noah's mom, offers Brenda some savaki, so she's uh, moved on to Greek food now off the <laughs> mysteries of the Orient. We then get Brenda. They didn't Kelly play. And... They didn't play the Zorba the Greek theme song when he ate no, that savaki. <laughs> <coughs> Brenda, Kelly, and Donna try to train Wally in the yard, and Ke- Kelly, uh, Tim, we've talked about this quite often on the show, that they really gave her, like, a lot of good one-liners, and her delivery is really strong with them, like, she's just really funny with it, and uh, so they're training Wally, and they try, like, three things, and Kelly goes, face it, he's dumb, <laughs> completely Great gives delivery. up on the fucking dog. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Donna has very few lines in that in that scene. Uh, she she says a couple. She's like, oh, what's what's with uh, what's the deal with this dog? As as he's licking her leg, apparently as a thing for for perfume. But for the most part, she just stands there waving her arms out to the side. <laughs> it was just a visual that really cracked me up. Yeah, it's not I, exactly uh, the the high end dog training system here. 
I yeah. have to go. I have to agree with your friend from last week, uh, by the way, Justin, that uh, I I'm a big Tory fan. I think Donna's great. Yeah. I think she looks great in her one scene. I just think the whole licking the light, like, was there a punchline to that joke? It was just like, <laughs> the yeah. dog's licking it and she just and then scene just ends with that. Right. Uh, I guess Kel- the inference is supposed to be enough. He's a horny little Wally. Yeah, I guess instead of humping her. Um, Kelly's American flag shorts were pretty wild here, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all looked really I, cute with their shorts on. And the fact is, like, they are all wearing stuff that is contemporary right now, by the way. Right. Yep. All like, come back. Yep. yep. They all, all right. We go, ba- we go back to practice. Brandon's coaching up Davey uh, not to push himself. He doesn't want to fuck up his arm. He's like, don't throw curveballs. You know, whatever. Like, just like, just take your time and, and ease in. Uh, but D- his dad, Dave, is barking at him to hustle. So you can tell the little push and pull going on. Dave's definitely a all-in parent. Thinks Davey can be something. Brandon's trying to, you know, consider his health. Steve comes over and says, "Look, we're trading Crawford. It's a done deal." Uh, and, and I just love the importance, the level of importance that they put on this league. Like the moves, the trades. I mean, they're like really all in. And Steve goes, "We're trading Crawford for Kenny Kessler, but you got to keep it hushed until it's official. Uh, so we don't want a word leaking out. Keep it off the Brandon AP said, wire." Right? I mean, I mean, it's going to be on SportsCenter tonight. <laughs> they didn't even have a real game. It's still practice season. Too. <laughs> so Brandon, uh, so Brandon tells us it's not fair. You know, like, like we're not, like we shouldn't be doing this. It's really not fair. But Steve and Franklin, Dave are amped to get Kelly, uh, or, or Kenny, I should say, Kessler on the team. So they're pumped up. Uh, Brandon wants to tell Franklin to fuck off, basically, and say, like, we're not doing the trade. But Steve talks him down. It's like, look, this is for the best of the team. Let's let it go. So what do you think of Steve going? Uh, you still still okay with him all in to win like me? Uh, you know, it all it's also really something that Jim has been laid up for what a couple days maybe uh, at most at this point in the episode. Uh, you know, if that maybe a weekend. And Steve is all of a sudden already just wheeling and dealing, like reconfiguring this entire team while mm-hmm. the the actual coach is incapacitated. I mean, where does this dude get off? Is he home calling other coaches too after practice, like arranging trades and like? No, I also, think he's letting Franklin do the dirty work. <laughs> he's, he just told him like you're gonna get rid of this guy and Franklin yeah. on the horn. He's running he's the league the, and he forced the, the scouting trade, reports. Right? Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Is there only nine people on this team? Can you not just sit the bad Santa kid and you just not have him be on the bench? No, we can do even better. We can just get another stud and just get him off the team yep. altogether. All right, team of all stars. <laughs> Loading up. All right, Wally's in the garage. He won't shut up. He's still barking. Uh, Brenda begs him to stop. Cindy summons Brenda from inside and says, uh, Jim wants to talk to you because Wally's destroyed his shoe. We then get back to Jim here as he's waiting for Brenda is berating Brandon for complaining uh, about Franklin. And he's like, what? What is so wrong with this guy who's spending time and effort and money? He doesn't deserve this shit from you. He's like putting the effort in to be there. He's there at the field with his kid. He's helping the league. Like, why are you giving him a hard time? Brenda promises she'll find a new home for Wally uh, and then begs Wally to get his shit together. And she basically tells him, you know, if you can piece it together, you'll be able to stay. And she lets him come into her room uh, and just begs him to be good. So she's she's hopeful she can turn things around with Wally. We get Nat, who's rallying his team because they're having a practice game against the Dukes, which is the Walsh team. Uh, Noah is all in on being a dick. He's shitting on the ragtags. Uh, and Brandon tries to give him a, a little pump-up speech about sportsmanship. 
Steve confers with Franklin, says they don't want any of Nat's kids using their equipment uh, so it doesn't get broken before the season. He tells Brandon that. So they want to use the, the old equipment for the, for this big ma- uh, big game. We then get a montage of highlights of the game. Of course, the Dukes are beating the shit out of Nat's boys. And we see Noah's bullying a kid, calls him a dofus and a toad. Uh, but Brandon's had it, and he pulls Noah out of the game and puts Crawford in. Noah says, fuck you again, and doesn't want to hear it. Uh, and he basically, Brandon tells Steve to tell him. Steve says, look, I agree with you. He's being a dick. we got to punish him. But you don't have to humiliate him in front of the whole team. And Brandon's like, well, if you're not going to back me, I'm out. You can coach alone. So this is a pretty intense scene on the field here. Brandon's clearly about had it with Noah's bullshit. He's being a bully. Um, Nat's team is just trying to have a good time. They won't let him use the bats. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Rocco, of what's going on here? I think that the time to humiliate that kid was right there. You should have pulled his pants down and showed everyone his little penis. Like, this kid sucks. Right. Show him the fucking, like, teach him a fucking lesson. Like, it's insane that this kid is such a fucking dick. And Steve, you know, you said his basketball racism, but they're weaving the casual racism up to Franklin, who went, won't let the Spanish kids touch his bats <laughs> and fucking balls. Mm. And, uh, you know, I don't think Noah's uh, not necessarily uh, on the right side of that argument either. So um, uh, Brando's speech was really cool, though. I like the, the sportsmanship mm-hmm. speech. I thought that was really cool. But, uh, yeah, they're really uh, ratcheting up the, uh, the heel in Noah. Tough day for the Dukes outside of Brandon so far. Mm. Oh, and I man. like Brandon bailing after that. But, yeah. And this kid's fucking calls the kid a toad. That's his fucking insult. <laughs> Doofus. Doofus and a toad. Doofus toad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I have to ask, uh, Rocket, during some of your watch parties back in the day, did, did you do any of those um, drinking games that were supposedly very popular for, you know, these watch along shows uh, of the 90s? But, you know, take a take a shot whenever Brandon storms off in anger, stuff like that. Anytime uh, Dylan says, come on, Brand, um, did, did you do any of the drinking games or are you just there to, to get plastered and and uh, cause trouble? Yeah, there was more. There was not really much uh, stopping between. It was not waiting to be told to drink. It was more the game was like drink yeah. as much as we can and then get in the car and then go cause some trouble and somewhere else. That after my friend's dad came home and kicked us out. So yeah, a, but, lot, a lot of those drinking games exist. I, I question how many were actually played, so to speak. But um, speaking of getting played, wow, um, Nat, poor Nat, so good natured here with his like inner city kids that he's he's trying to support and they're oh we're just trying to have a good time it's all about having fun we don't care if we win or lose <laughs> and they just get demolished just mm-hmm. crushed i mean it's it's really um quite pitiful and uh and the and the the dukes which is a great name by the way for a bunch of uh you know all-star jocks <laughs> are are assholes about it it's not enough just to go out and beat them and, and move on like they have to be total assholes about it um, so that's why I really appreciated seeing this side of Brandon that is very, you know, always the, the good sport, right? Always the, the good steward who was, who was really, like really um, coming down hard on bullies, right? He's not going to tolerate it. He, he won't stand for it and he's going to stamp it out when he, when he can. Um, but here he's, he's just kind of in over his head as is often the case. Um, yeah. And ends up making a, a bit of a scene here. Um because he he's trying to to stand up for the greater good, and where's that? Where does that get him? Well, straight into conflict with the uh, the head honcho of this league. So that's that's where we see things headed. Um, that's that's what we sort of predicted from the outset of this episode, um, and now it's really coming to a head. 
and I guess this is pre mercy rule, right? So like, like, well, it's, a, it's not even a real game anyway. It's a, oh, it's yeah. a practice game. So they're just, yeah, they say it's a practice game. <laughs> Cause well, I don't think that seems not in the league. So this is just oh, like yeah. Brandon arranged it as, you know, as a favorite in that, I think so. All right, we go to the uh, Walsh house where Cindy's in the yard shucking corn. Brenda comes to talk about dinner, and she's kind of dodging questions about Wally and then reveals he's staying. She could not find a home for him, and if she did, the only one she could find would lead to his death at the pound if she were to give him up. Cindy says, you got to tell Jim. Jim's still banged up. He's arguing with Brandon again about the coaching foibles. Uh, Gives a bunch of shit for causing a scene and letting the team down. And then in what is my favorite line of the episode, Jim Walsh, uh, in what sounds to be like the most angry, like he knew the anger based on how this unfolded. He says, Dave Franklin called me from his car phone. He was so upset. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like he couldn't even wait to get home. He had to use his car phone because he was so mad. So you know it's bad. Oh, such a great line. And Jim nails it. And like, I just love how we, every time we come to the Walsh house, Jim is laying in pain. And he's yelling at Brandon, Brandon about coaching this team. It's a, it's like such a everyday rinse repeat right now. Uh, Brandon says, well, maybe the kids and parents should just run the show. And the coaches going to sit in the stands if this is how you're going to be. And Jim says, if you want to quit, fine. And Brandon's like, yeah, I do. And Jim says, well, look, you could just gut it out. Once I'm healthy, I'll be back. You can leave and be done. So Brandon accepts the deal. He then goes by the peach pit to see Nat. Uh, to talk about the big practice game, he kind of apologizes with no- about Noah bullying Manny. Uh, Nat tells him it got worse after Brandon left and fills him in. He said, Manny's had a real tough life. He's been in and out of foster, ho- foster homes. Uh, you know, sure, he may suck, but whatever. The kid cares, and he's just out there to have a good time. Steve, uh, Nat says that Steve told him they should cancel the rematch practice game. And Nat says it may make sense, says this team can't compete. Uh, and Brandon says, well, you know, maybe you just need an assistant coach. So he kind of offers his services to help Nat run his team instead, which seems like a better fit. Uh, so Tim, what'd you think of this scene with, uh, Jim and the car phone uh, conversation and then Brandon talking to Nat? Well, the car phone line is great because even these, these rich bigwigs in the early nineties, mm-hmm. um, first of all, you didn't have a whole lot of car phones. And when you did, um, no matter how wealthy you were, you didn't just use it for any little thing. Right. Right. So the fact that this guy is so beside himself that, that he's got to call um, big Jim on his car phone, you know, it's bad. And you know, that Jim got an earful. Um, so he is livid. Uh, I love this scene with Brandon going to apologize to Nat because Nat starts out really just kind of downplaying, um, how badly his, his poor, his poor team, his beloved kids uh, just got completely jobbed out here. <laughs> and so Brandon's guilty and that is just further guilt tripping him by, by serving up this sob story about, it. well, you know, they never really had much. So this is, this is just a little something to, to make them feel better. And then they felt worse. And <laughs> it's just, God, it. And Brandon is like, this is a disaster. <laughs> I just, I love it. The passive aggressive little uh, way. I think he's 100% genuine, but he's got to know the words he's saying are going yeah. to tug at the heartstrings of this kid, Brandon. That right. uh, I really, I really wish we could have seen the scene of Jim getting his uh, shit pushed in by his boss while he's laying in bed, fucking miserable, <laughs> fucking all amped up on pills with the dog barking in the back. <coughs> so that was that's a scene I wish we could have seen. Right. This is a tough. If you're a dad, this this episode's resonating definitely. The 
get her doing something stupid and then the house is imploding around you you're miserable in pain uh jim's walking around he's kind of feeling himself now he's he's moving and he asked brandon to reconsider he said look steve's here we're making the lineup and we think we could win it all like we're loaded and we need you to help us coach and steve says we're a team he apologizes and said you know what i'd love to have that game with nat's team and, and brandon smiles he's like okay Maybe this is going to be good. And then Steve says, yeah, it'll be great to claw with them again. It'll be good for morale. And Brandon's like, all right, same old Steve. He says if we clobber these nerd balls, it'll be good for morale. <laughs> Fucking nerd it's balls. It's just his inner jock, like, bully coming out through all this. Like, it's almost like nefarious, too, where he's like, oh, I want to have this game now. Like, if he had turned to the camera like and twisted his mustache like a fucking villain, like, oh, well, now we're going to humiliate these guys even more. I mean, it's not Steve, but, you know, right. it's still, you're setting that up for another disaster. All right, Dylan and Brenner are on the phone trying to find a home for Wally, who's barking up a storm. Uh, Dylan on the phone says his dog is as dumb as it gets. Uh, this poor Wally. <clears throat> Brandon comes in and he asks Dylan to help him run a clinic. And Dylan's like, no. And then he says, well, it's for Nat's kids, and they want to beat the Dukes. And uh, he says, okay, I'm in. I'll do that. Uh, I'm I'm all for that. So Dylan offers to help run the clinic. He's going to bring his excellent skills to Nat's team. Uh, We then cut to the garage where David is here. I feel like we haven't seen David in a while. Uh, Brenda tries to get him to take Wally, and she's working it hard. She's like, look, you could take him for a night, have a practice run. And as usual, David uh, turns to his offer that's standing for anything that anyone asks him. Yes, I'll do this if you get me a date with Kelly. And Brenda's like, fuck you. Get out of my house. So um, I think it's funny that David went back to the well yet again. Well, it's like she should know that even if she gives this dog to this kid, like it's going to he's going to like throw it into the fucking woods and let it run away anyway. Right. He's just trying to get Kelly. So also his pants are his pants are ridiculous. Pants are great. Pants are great in the scene. Um, I feel like he. He's already had kind of one shot with Kelly. Like, didn't she agree to actually make good on on uh, <coughs> the uh, election? Yeah, yeah, the the election blackmail. <laughs> um, so who knows whether they they went out or not? Um, you know, but uh, he's he's still working that angle. It's not like Brenda knows that, so <laughs> it's right. It's he's gonna shoot he's shot gonna no matter what. Totally, yeah. yeah. So not All a right. lot of David in this episode, but fun, fun little scene here. Not a ton lately. Like I said, I feel like we've been a little out, out of the loop. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So Nat's team is at the peach pit. They're eating lunch and Brandon and Dylan and Nat trying to stay optimistic, but they're frustrated. They know like this team's not going to be up to snuff because even eating they're slobs. Uh, but Andrea's <laughs> there. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, Andrea's not there, but Brandon calls Andrea and says, Hey, you know, that kid from the Valley, that's a blue chipper, Avery. Can we, uh, can you get us a meeting basically? So they're going to bring in the ringer, Andrea's kid, Avery, that was kicked out of West Bev or not picked for West Bev is playing in the Valley. Now, Cindy's making dinner for Wally. So you can tell she's kind of falling for him now. Uh, but they realize as they go out, the garage door got left open and Wally's missing. Brandon goes searching. He can't find Wally. Brenda says she's, he's gone. And even Jim says, you know what? I'm going to miss the little scamp. I, I got used to falling asleep to his barking put me to sleep and you can tell jim's in a bit bit of a better mood now that the pain has subsided uh brandon tells brenda that he helped nat practice and that's it and jim doesn't know because she kind of says look isn't this a conflict uh jim comes in and says you know you're gonna go with me you're gonna ride with steve to the game and brandon says no i'm gonna ride with dylan and jim kind of seems a little sad so brandon says you know what jim dad I'll, i'll go with you instead um i feel like here 
and forward. I feel like this is where, and it shouldn't really happen in an episode like this where nothing's happening, but I feel like we're starting to rush some stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it, they play it like Jim knows Brandon's, like, cheating on the team. But, <laughs> they, but because the way he acts is like, you come with me. When he says Dylan, it's like he, it like, confirms Jim's no, thought. It's like the tell, yeah. But but we haven't seen that. Jim kind of knows it, right? So it's like this right. weird implication. Right. And that Brandon quickly turns to reconcile with Jim, which felt like it should have came later. So it feels like we're trying to speed up a bit here. Um, so I don't know. This is starting to feel a little rushed, even though, again, in an episode that nothing's happening, like I feel like it should not be rushed. Yeah, there's, they don't, they're not saying a lot in that scene. and then But we know with it. But yes, you're right. He should know that. And they hit their detente like really quick. Um, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Also, why is Brandon drinking coffee at like 11 o'clock at night? Doesn't he have school the next day? <clears throat> and his that that like the losing a pet though, like it's a kind of a that is a terrifying thing. I don't know if anyone's ever had a pet right. run away or anything like that, but um, it is a, a desperate situation. So I like them in the in the house at night, like all together and commiserating because you know it's a member of the family, even though it's a new dog, but you know it's still something you were taking care of is now like just out there. So. Um, it is a scary thing. I used to. Right, you're gonna feel responsible for it if something happens, and you know, like Jim said, you kind of get used to it being around. Even him, who had been miserable, it was had found some comfort in Wally uh, being present in the house. So I don't I also... know. I, I wasn't too sure if it uh, was a little little convenient that that garage door got left open, and oh, you know, mm. meanwhile, meanwhile, Jim is feeling his oats again. So. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's David Silver who left that open because he was pissed he couldn't get his date. Mm. Brandon yeah, Walking gets a lot of suspects here. We never Brandon get Walk- confirmation on on who it was. <laughs> that's the biggest mystery that's unsolved. About yeah, this so for sure some pacing issues um, throughout this. I mean, Brandon's um, baseball mutiny is is wild. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like cheating on his his own team. Um, this is a big conflict of interest, but it does lead to, I, I thought that was a really nice scene at the peach fit with, mm. with Brandon, Nat and Dylan sitting there. And at first they're like, well, you know, it's, it's just kind of the principle of it. Right. And the longer they sit there, the more they're like, you know, I kind of want to kick these kids asses. <laughs> like, and there's they, a really cool scene think, yeah. when he's on the phone calling Andrea and then the camera kind of mm-hmm. cuts and that's behind him and Dylan's behind him. And they're like in the shadows. Like, this is like some super like nefarious like plan that they're pulling off was really cool right i also yeah also the brandon calling the dog a pooch when he walks in he's like no pooch (laughs) it's like what is this a fucking 1940s movie dude you're a 16 year old boy in the 90s i've never heard someone say pooch in reference to a dog before it's such a brandon i'm from the 40s line written by like a 60 year old writer from hollywood kind of thing that's what i love about this show hell yeah well, as we'll find out eventually, he does have a kindred spirit in the, at least in the 60s, right? Oh, um, Jesus. That's right. All right, it's game time. Here for the rematch. Nat and Jim actually meet big, for the first big time. Moment. yes. Yeah, kind of cool. Uh, mm. So they both kind of say, I've heard a lot about you. Nat's excited. He got new uniforms. Of course, the uniforms are just like some crappy shirts, but they have a new name, the Pits. So that is their team name. Uh, big Dave's on the scene. He's talking up Jim. Nat tells Brandon he ordered him a Pitts uniform, too, for the future. Brandon's not going to wear it today, but Nat got him one as well. Steve gives his final walkthrough. Brandon's all over Noah, basically warning him, like, I don't want to hear it. And he had already been shitting on Manny before the game even started. Uh, So then Brandon gives the team a tough love talk and says, look, 
you can win all the games, you can win the title, but you're always just going to be chumps if you don't have sportsmanship. Uh, Steve says, man, he's a klutz, so he's laying in. Uh, Avery comes over to the Pitts dugout and uh, with Andrea. We see Dylan is there to assistant coach the team. And it's revealed, which I think is probably the least obvious revelation. I mean, uh, least surprising, the most obvious revelation ever, that Avery is a girl. So that's likely why she was not allowed uh, to pitch for the team. And uh, Steve says, I like how he kept blaming Dylan for all this. He's like, oh, Dylan's really getting desperate over there. Oh, what's Dylan doing? Scraping the barrel for a ringer? Like, it's like, I don't know, like, like also Dylan's like leading the team. It's just a weird attack by Steve. It felt personal. Um, we see Avery smashes the first pitch of the game for a home run, and we are off and running. Noah's not impressed by it. Avery's completely shoving it on the mound, too. As we get to the sixth inning, where the Dukes are down one nothing, she's throwing a, a gem. Dave is stewing in the stands, uh, but Davey gets a big hit, and all of a sudden, the, the pits are in the soup as the Dukes go up 2-1. to one. Noah's talking shit on Avery, and Jim, Jim actually steps up and shuts him up uh, and decides he's going to put Crawford in. Because Crawford hasn't played yet. And he says, look, who hasn't gotten a chance? So he goes in. Steve tries to overwhel- uh, overrule Jim on it. Uh, and Dave, come, Dave comes over. He loves to come back. He says, look, and this is like one of the most like gaslighting comments, I think, in the show history so far. <clears throat> he says, you know, his comeback is awesome. And Davey just really loves winning with his friends on the field. But now that you put Crawford in, Ken Bosworth's son is on the bench. He won't be on the field to get the win with, with his buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was such a douche move by this guy um, who's done a lot of douchey things already in this episode. But this felt, like, really grimy. Like, this kid's played all game. He's letting Crawford get in there. It's a practice game. And, like, it, the level of thinking, like, he's, like, outsmarting Jim but not really giving a shit if he's not like was like mm-hmm. extra yeah. dick to him. I don't know. Like it, it just really stood out as like such a crappy thing. And then the guy's well, naming Ken Bosworth didn't help either. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, and just the level of petty too. Again, it's, it's just a practice game. Um, granted it's been a little bit more competitive this, this go around, but, but still like who, who really cares this, you know, the, we're just, <laughs> You know, we're, we're we're basically doing this this other team a favor, right? Letting them mm-hmm. uh, get you know a workout and and face some proper competition. And you know, who really cares who's on the field? It's not that important. Yeah, and like, what a pussy move to be like. But my son, like, what about that kid's son? It's like motherfucker, like be a man and like like what a passive like thing. Like he's trying to be Tony Soprano, but it comes off as so just lame. Like. Say what you want, right. motherfucker. You're you're in charge. You're his boss. You know you don't need to be trying. Yeah, just to like, say, hey, get the best kid in, and yeah. just say that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be like, well, Davey would love to have win with his friends. Like, it was so stupid. Yeah. It's like Especially shit you, you know. Davey's like not a bitch like his dad. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's it's like shit you pull when you're like 16 and you're trying to like outsmart your girlfriend and she's just like motherfucker i know what you're trying to do you're not smart it's like oh yeah i'm a fucking piece of shit. But Noah, speaking of pieces of shit, says suck wind pitch to avery he does say he does say pitch i had to, to rewind that because i was no, it's pitch yeah it's pitch out yeah. i was like wow that's fucking that's some shit so that was a i don't know i think they were fucking with you but the brandon's i, mean, I heard dad's bitch but i i saw i looked in the closed cap no it's pitch. pitch yeah i mean yeah, through I, context, I, I, I backed it up too i was like all right fine but, i i did but, like yeah, manny's it's... i liked manny's bad 
playing as well mm. in the games that were happening. Like the, whoever that kid was acting had to act like a bad baseball player. And uh, I thought he did a really good job of doing it. Like he's like bumping mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was cool. But yeah, the Brandon like meeting his two dads was uh, a really quick moment, but really mm-hmm. interesting to see. And I, I really like that. Also, Steve has a moment where he says uh, when the, he's making fun of the kid for whatever he's doing. And uh, what's he say? Oh, he's like, Brandon, where's your sense of humor? And Brando's like, where is your sense of humor? I was like, ooh, <laughs> all right. Like the, just saying the same thing back, but with a little different flex <laughs> can really fucking be cutting. But Steve has no fucking clue that Brandon just tore him apart. So. All right. So back on the field, Avery gets a base hit. The next player strikes out. Um, and then so apparently someone else gets on base, given what we see in a minute. So somewhere along the way, someone else gets on with Avery. And up comes Manny. And Brandon calls timeout and basically says, look, if he strikes out on three pitches, he calls the team together and says, no one on the team should make things hard on him. He's had a tough life. I don't care what happens here. You you show good sportsmanship and shut up. Noah ignores him, and he's talking shit anyway. Again, he just does not give a fuck what Brandon has to say. And Davey's conflicted. You could tell he's, and you even hear, they do the little play the yeah. audio, Brandon saying the sportsmanship thing in his head. And Davey takes, lays down, takes a sword, and just lays in a meatball for Manny, who smashes it. And of course, as you knew was coming, again, pretty, fairly obvious, you could see where this is going. Crawford completely botches it, and he <laughs> falls down. Uh, and the pits win. Now, this could have went one of two ways, right? It could have been like Crawford botches it because, of course, they put him in and he sucked. Or it could have went the opposite where he's so stupid and, and inept that not realizing they were trying to give Manny the moment, he gets the right. out and they win, which would have also been an interesting way to go about it. Yeah. Uh, where he inadvertently takes Manny's moment. Uh, so anyway, the pits end up winning. Manny and the team have a big celebration. Uh, Dave gets in Jim's grill about sitting Boswell's kid and says they should have won uh, the game. But Jim says they did win because, look, the Dukes are out there doing a sportsmanship chant. And, you know, Davey feels good. He's watching Manny celebrate. Noah's still running his mouth and basically says it's just a practice game. Who cares? Like, it doesn't mean anything. And Steve says, no, look, buddy, a loss is a loss. Own it. You guys lost to a better team today. Brandon and Steve then go sit with Crawford and they give him a pep talk. Tell him basically don't worry about it. Then we see Wally comes running out of the field. Uh, Brenda, who had been at the game, uh, thinks Wally's there for her, but she run, he runs past Brenda and up to Crawford. It's his missing dog, Rupert. So we close that storyline out. Wally finds his owner. Steve asks Noah what his mom brought for a snack and says, fuck it, we should just eat Twinkies instead. So we're kind of giving a quick last second face turn for Noah, trying to show, look, he's just a kid and at heart, like, whatever, he's fine. He's not not a jerk. And then we see Jim and Brandon just kind of walk off together. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. So, again, I feel like some stuff is rushed here. Like, we don't get a true redemption for Noah, um, which I, I think they could have done somewhere in here. We also don't really get resolution on, like, is Brandon going to stay with Jim? Like, he never tells him that he's going to coach Nat's team. Um, like, that would have been a nice way to end it. Like, hey, Dad, you know, just so you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not cut out for this league, but I, like, you inspired me to keep coaching and you have Steve, but Nat needs someone and I'm going to go help him. Right. Like, like that would have been cool. And so I just feel like, again, we, we sprinted to the end and, and didn't really give some closure to some stuff that was left hanging. So that's that Rocco. what do you think of these final couple scenes? 
Um, I thought, yeah, the 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 messaging was kind of odd. With like, you have three uh like different things. You have Davy, like, all right. So I'll admit that I will. I almost fucking cried watching that final pitch because <laughs> it was just very emotional wow. for me. Yeah, like, I mean, I watched it early in the morning after work, so I don't know, but like. So you're watching Davey do the right thing, which was fucking awesome. Like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Like, you think about me being that young, you put yourself in their shoes, and I'm like, would I have been, would I have done that? You know, that's what I always, right. I always think of when I try to think of things like that. Would I have done that? I don't know if I'm that good, but what a great fucking kid, right? And then you have this moment for Manny, which you see this poor little dude fucking up and being <laughs> with the backstory this kid has. And like, mm-hmm. What a fucking triumphant moment for this kid, right? That's so amazing, you know? And I was like overwhelmed by all those. And then this fucking poor Crawford, like, this kid has been picking boogers, being called out by an adult. Like, you don't think he hears Tim, uh, uh, fucking Steve calling him fucking names the whole time. Everyone probably picks on him. You don't think Noah's calling him names, too. And the whole right. time we're watching this, the kid thinks his dog's fucking dead. <laughs> so, like, right, right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then he misses the fucking final ball. Like, it's, it's a holy shit. This poor dude. It's like the beginning to a fucking falling down. It's like a movie about a guy who's going to snap if it wasn't just a kid, you know? So, and, like, the Noah redemption, it's like, oh, wow. Like, I, what a shame, dude. You're going to have to go home and eat spinach and goat cheese. What a shame your mom cooks cool foods that's considered, like, cool now. Like, fuck off. They should have shoved that Twinkie down his fucking throat and choked him with it. <laughs> Um, there's no redemption. But if you're going to redeem him, redeem him. Like he didn't, yeah, he didn't atone. He didn't go like, he should have walked up to the kid and shook his fucking hand. That should have been the scene. Right. right. That could have been it. Or have maybe Crawford doesn't catch the ball, but he picks it up and throws it. And like Noah purposely doesn't tag Manny out or like, like do either do that. But like you said, it's even better. Just like have him go over and shake his hand and say, hey, you know, I'm sorry for being an asshole. Congrats. Like He could just be because he was an asshole the whole time. There's no arc. He doesn't change. He doesn't grow. He doesn't learn anything. Like Right. It's and no one really does. Davey, Davey was always a good kid. Manny right. was always the, the kid who gets the thing. And the Crawford is still, you know, like <laughs> a sad sack kid. Like, none of those kids really, you know, whatever. This show's not about those fucking kids. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I got very emotional watching that final pitch. Uh, when I realized what was happening is that ball was in the air. I, uh pushed a tear back in my face and uh it was a it was a thing for me man like i, I definitely really enjoyed it and uh the father and son go home at the end which was pretty sweet too so mm-hmm. and uh you won't be the champs you'll be the chumps man holy shit good line i thought um, you were dead rupert too it's another <laughs> oh wow that got me yeah <laughs> i i probably ever identified with the fat kid for sure um <laughs> being made to play baseball even though you don't want to and confined to the outfield um which is for the best, really. Do you guys uh, agree that inspirational sports music uh, should have played over a, a slow-mo shot of Crawford as as that ball flies in the outfield? Just you think he's going to catch it and then he just eats shit, right? Like, they, like the music from it the, felt like the It felt like the classic Pizza Hut commercial, but in the commercial, the kid catches the ball. But right, that's what it felt right. like for a minute. We, we needed to, to lay it on pretty thick there with... Mm-hmm. With the inspirational Dave, music, Davy hearing Brandon in his head was a like. Have they ever done that before? That's like such an interesting little thing to like. We could have mm-hmm. got. I think they thought we were like. It's a very uh, right. They didn't. They didn't think we would be able to figure out that this kid is hearing that. Like you know, so right. they had to put right. it in there. But it's like I would. Well, at least it. it confirms that he does have an internal monologue, so he's <laughs> not completely deficient. As anyway, um. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to see Davey just throw the game like this, which actually you would think is a, a real punk move, but actually he's showing a lot of character in the process of doing that. So 
interesting choice for sure. I would agree that there is no redemption arc for Noah. He continues to suck. Also, not really in a, a redemption arc for Steve either, who now all of a sudden is good guy again, palling it up with Crawford, who he was ready to sell down the river, you know, right. not 20 minutes ago. Just Well, I feel and, like they're trying to redeem them all last minute, but they didn't really have them yeah, redeemed. Yeah, they didn't put in the work. Yeah. And maybe a few less Brenda love scenes with the dog we could have fit in that's what we need yeah yeah i I was gonna say actually just cut that whole story like that bullshit really didn't add anything and they wanted to do so much with this baseball let's have brenda be there as like counsel for brandon a couple times and that's it and then we could have maybe had a little bit more of the redemption stuff for steve and for noah at the end versus like just rushing this back end um because yeah the dog thing which again just didn't add anything to the show at all at well, least the, it gave us a nice moment with uh, Crawford being reunited with his dog, which clearly is what right, he cares right. about much more than this stupid baseball game. Yeah, he's not going to get so. the catch. He got the dog back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and okay. also, when you think, well, like, like Davey, like, uh, that's a show I don't want to see when Davey has to go home with this fucking piece of shit dad. <laughs> like, that's not a fun movie to watch. You, you blew know? it. Yeah, right? Like, that's that's a bummer of a story. This fucking nice kid. Like, that kid should be the star of his own baseball movie with this piece of shit dad. Right. All right. Let's get to our awards here. Um, then we can start to head home. So best scene. Uh, I went with just the end with Manny getting the winning hit and, uh, you know, feel good moment. Like you said, Rocco tear up on it. Even though I did tear up, I, I, I wrote down Brando's speech, but I kind of look at that whole thing. I mean, it's funny because so much happened in what? Four minutes. <laughs> like right. from Brando yeah. giving the speech to the, to the last like moment. It was like a four minute stretch. So yeah, I mean, that's definitely the best scene. Right. And watching me cry in my couch mm-hmm. with a, a sandwich in my hand and my cats on my lap was probably a pretty wild scene to watch too. But I love it. Yeah. I'm going to agree. I, I, I liked everything from Brandon's little pep talk uh, to his team leading to, uh, you know, all the shenanigans that follow in, in our climax here. Good stuff. All right. Uh, most important scene, honestly, there wasn't a lot of importance here, but I went with uh, Jim and Matt meeting before the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same here. Um, I don't know. This is a really dumb one, but, uh, like, Brenda taking a, an interest in the welfare of animals, <laughs> which – We'll have we'll have its day. Um, mm, that's a good one. Several years down the line. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, another good scene is Dylan dropping her off earlier and going like, "My dad's angry." He's like, "I, right, I'll see you later." <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, part of that. True. Like, I'm not oh, gonna go. I get to make out with you. All right, see you later. I'm out. Peace out. Uh, most '90s look. I went with Steve's baseball outfit. His Lululemon outfit. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah. And Kelly's USA shorts were definitely up there for me. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna add. Um, Big Jim's convalescent robe because he's <laughs> he's dressed like he's dressed like in casual wear and, and like he would wear around the house, but he's just got a, a random robe over top of it. So and a, and a white know, back brace. I mean, when the fuck have you ever seen a white back brace? Yeah, hmm. that's yeah. I don't know. Like it, it felt like a very '90s thing, but it also makes me think that the Walshes may be a robe family. Ooh. Hmm. Never right, most '90s. <laughs> Most 90s moment. Uh, I went with the car phone. Dave calling Jim for the car phone out of rage. That was a $77 call he made to you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have three 90s moments, actually. Um, probably the biggest one for me was just the whole conceit of 
sitcom dad comically throws his back out. Yes. You mm. know, for lulls, which is, I don't know if you've ever actually like thrown your back out. It's not funny. <laughs> and it's, it really sucks. And uh, it was always just played for laughs and shows like this back in the day. Um, the reveal of Avery being a girl. What? <laughs> um, just it's like, come on. I mean, isn't that like the long shots with the Ice Cube movie for, directed by Fred Durst? Isn't that the story of that? About a girl getting on a Little League team, which I think is based on a true story? Ladybugs. So. <laughs> it's, a reverse, uh, it's a reverse version. The and inverted version. One, you actually re- reminded me, Rocco, the uh, uh, Q Oriental sounding music <laughs> when we mentioned um, them some. <laughs> God, what a great moment for the history Awful. of this podcast and this uh, mm-hmm. this, this show. That's not the real dip sum line, though. It's still to come. It's not the real dip sum line. It's, <laughs> it's just the music cue. That, oh in that God. same scene, I had to go with bottled water being outrageous that she had it. And the <laughs> weird food is icky and hilarious that he ate. He ate souvlaki. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. It's outrageous. Yeah, well, while Cindy, Cindy is shucking corn in the backyard. <laughs> and a I lot of very the- 90s stuff in there, for sure. Lucky. <laughs> Uh, all right, best lesson learned. Um, I went with how you act on the baseball field says a lot about you as a person. So I think we saw that play out quite a bit today. Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, I think they say it straight out. There's. Uh, I'll also put this down as, I guess, a best quote. Uh, Brandon says, the way you treat your competition is a direct comment on how you play the game. Mm-hmm. The game, meaning many things. A euphemism, if you will. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely that. I mean, kids are annoying is another lesson learned. Um, well, yeah. Don't be a shitbag like Noah. And just bullying don't is gross. Bro- bullying is gross. It's the worst fucking thing that people could do to each mm-hmm. other. It's a gross sign. It means you're a weak fucking loser that you have a modicum of power over someone and you abuse it. And this kid has the ability to talk shit to these people. No one calls him on it. And it's fucking disgusting. And it drives me nuts. And it's one of the things I hate most about humanity is bullying. So. We do have, yeah, a, I'll I mean, leave it at that, but that's just what I get. Like, it just was infuriating me watching this. I was never bullied. I was lucky enough to never have been bullied. Did, all that means, though, is a bully never targeted me. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. all it takes. All it takes is one fucking piece of shit to, to, and like, I know bullies get bullied and all that stuff, too, but it just takes that one little bit of luck. And, uh, you know, so it always bugs me out when I see it happen in movies, you know. Every 80s fucking horror movie, every 80s movie, they're always right, the most right. disgusting bullies in the world and shit like that. Like any Stephen King bullies. But yeah, I really fucking can't stand watching it in movies and stuff like that. So, so yeah, bullying means you're a fucking loser. So don't do it. Well, and I also like the message that um, you can be clearly better than someone at something and, and mm-hmm. defeat them at whatever, like just completely like it's not even... Um, a competition, but you can leave them with their dignity, right? You don't have to mm. rub it in how much better you are. You can just, you know, win and move on. Like that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. When it's a problem is is when you're going to, you know. Yeah. Home really, life aside, Davey is sleeping well that night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's right. feeling good. Exactly. Hell yeah. All right. Best hookup. Uh, again, not many options. I went with Brenda and Wally. Um, Jim and Nat. I guess. Wow. Yeah, Jim and Nat, or even Steve and uh, Mr. Uh, Steve's balls Mr. and some really yeah. tight pants. Yeah, or Steve and uh, David. <laughs> Steve's, Steve Swagger and uh, Tim Capel's 
deep dark secrets yeah. of his mind. There you go. <laughs> um, Steve's walking me. Um, <laughs> I guess. I mean, we we do get uh, Brenda and Dylan being a little bit affectionate, even if it's uh, curtailed by <laughs> the giant ball of rage that is Jim Walsh. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing new on this front, really. All right, and best quotes. Uh, I had a couple here. The last thing we need is a booger picker playing second base. That was Steve. I was nine years old. How was I supposed to know about windshield factors? That was Brenda. That was before Mr. Pepper. <laughs> and then uh, Jim, of course. He had a call me from his cell phone, or uh, from his car phone. He's so angry that he that it, he's like so. If it's like such a disrespectful thing that his son. Angered someone so much that he called him on a cell on a car phone. It's like just the level of indignation is tremendous. He came over here on a Sunday. <laughs> he should have been at church. Right, right. That was that. Yep, on that level. <laughs> you won't be the champs. You'll be the chumps. Was a great one too. Tim, any um, for you? No, I, I didn't have any that weren't mentioned. Brenda, Brenda, uh, blaming her serial killer dog nature on the windshield factor was a great one. <laughs> That's that's up there, yeah. All right, final grade. I mean, this is clearly a bottom tier episode. Mm. Uh, it was fine to watch; it moves along, but like, it literally adds nothing besides Jim and Nat meeting. Like, there's, I mean, this could have just not existed, and we would have been fine. It's the epitome of a filler episode with only two to go in the season. <laughs> it felt like just weirdly out of place. Like, we didn't really need this here. I feel like we should be amping up some stuff with three to go. Uh, so I did have this tie for the lowest of the season along with um, I had it at three and a half out of 10, which ties it with single mom dating Brandon and uh, Brandon's virginity with Cheryl. Mm-hmm. So those are, I have those as the three worst that we've watched this season. I, the thing with the, the not like being towards the end of the season is this, that was a common thing in this era of television before they had 13 episode seasons and full runs is that they would be digging scripts out of the bottom of the barrel so if you watch and go back to a lot of these drama shows from this era you will see era you will see that uh um a lot of the shows before the finale are kind of these weird bottle episodes or one-offs and things like that like i know the x-files had that a lot where it'd be like some random monster a week before the big thing and i did actually read that this script was written in like a day because they had to throw out they had to throw out a script that they were going to use with brandon meeting like a homeless dude so uh, yeah, that's just, I think just, that's just how TV works back I think they still then. use that one eventually. Oh, really? <laughs> but yeah, so. I, it sounds I, very familiar. I, I, can't I think you think it's Saved by the Bell, where Zach meets the, oh, shit, the homeless yeah. girl at the mall. Oh, Christmas. Man, maybe they both did it. Um, the curly hair. No, I want to say it's a Thanksgiving episode. It's like a homeless I think you're veteran right. or yeah. something. I think you're right, um, yeah. But anyway. Uh, no, that, that's a great point, Rocco. I honestly, I mean, with. You know, we haven't gotten to our 30 plus episode seasons yet, but this is still 22 episodes in the mm-hmm. first season. I'm surprised they haven't done a clip show yet. Mm-hmm. I, well, that's probably going to be our our season finale. Looking at looking on Wikipedia right now at the description, I'm like, oh, I could see them totally doing a, a clip show for for this for their. Anyway, we'll we'll be there soon enough. Um, but yeah, this this is a weak one. It, totally could have skipped it. Um, I'm also going to go three and a half, but 
Having said that, even a bad episode of this show, I find, um, is its own reward. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. I mean, look look at what it gave us. I mean, just a lot to talk about here. Yeah, there's a certain charm to, like, you know, just that era of, like, having a baseball episode, too. is kind of like a rite of passage for, you know, that. Mm-hmm. And any episode that makes me get a little uh, tear in my old eye can't, uh, can't be, I can't shit on too hard. Plus, all the girls look really cute in their shorts with that one scene. So, I, I enjoyed it the whole way through. Five stars uh, out of ten. And with wow. all right, so let's let's get to our trackers here. Uh, no songs in this episode, by the way. It's all score. Nope. Uh, the and then <laughs> yes, that uh, new characters. We had Wally the dog. We had Dave Franklin, <laughs> Davy Franklin, Crawford, Noah, and Manny. Anyone of note I didn't include? Avery. Uh, he was great. Oh yeah, I can add Avery. Yeah. Mm. She doesn't say a word. It's a silent assassin, right? Shoves it on the mound. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right. Relationships. I went Brendan, Wally, Jim and Nat, and then Steve and Dave Franklin. Dave Buddy is still up. obsessing over Kelly. Disgusting. Gross pig. Mm-hmm. And then the only new place or thing was the West Beverly baseball field. I didn't, I didn't really have much else going on there. Right. I mean, the Jim's Walsh back garage. Brace. Have, have we mm, seen George. that? Yeah, really. <laughs> Jim's back brace. I'll have that. <laughs> I'll have the garage, too. Yeah, we haven't seen the garage yet. Uh, too bad we didn't get to see the inside of uh, Franklin's car while he yelled at Jim. <laughs> yes. The, the roles. The greatest deleted scene of all time. Mm. All right, character ranking. Let's get through that. Uh, Scott and Jackie, I believe, the only two the not to appear. So we yeah. give them zeros. Uh, I, I would say David and Donna are probably next on this list. I'd go Donna and then David. Mm-hmm. As always shitting on Donna. Um, Donna was well, better than I mean, this. At least she, Donna she was... has been climbing a little bit these past few weeks, but in this episode, she's back to her earlier form. I feel like I won't pick Nets over the number nine spot, but God. All right, I guess that would then bring us to probably Andrea, Nat, and Kelly is like the next little mini group here. I mean, like, Andrea brought the. If it wasn't for Andrea, this yeah. this, this has a very different outcome. So she is very. Right. But I will counter that with Kelly having the funniest line. <laughs> Face it, he's dumb. I would put Kelly at the bottom of yeah, that right. stack just because she doesn't really know, need she's that. Only, she's only in the one episode and the one scene. Yeah. So, yeah, And then Andrea, injects, then Nat. Yeah, and Andrea injects the poison in, you know, so she's, she's there. <laughs> the poison. Yeah, Nat had a good showing here. Yeah, Nat would be at the top there. Not a lot, but like everything he did was fucking effective. Mm-hmm. All right, so our remaining group are, I guess Dylan would probably be next, right? Because then Cindy, yes. Jim, Brenda, Dylan, Brandon are all kind of in a lot of the episode. Dylan just for rolling the sleeves up of his baseball baseball uniform. <laughs> still, like, I, still- you know, I. <laughs> I want to put Dylan at the bottom of that stack only because he should never, Luke Perry should never wear a baseball uniform. Can you believe how skinny he was in that uniform? It was that insane. made me sick. It made it was, me sick. It was wild. How Would you have him below Nat? I guess we could talk about that. Hmm. Um, my fantasies, but <laughs> I think Nat did more, right? I, I've, I'm kind of feeling you on that argument. Yeah. yeah if you take Dylan out of the episode, nothing changes. Yeah, that's putting that above Dylan. Yeah. Probably Dylan, except for, <laughs> except except for, for when Duke shows up. Yeah, except for he doesn't make fun of a dog. <laughs> right. All right, so we got one, two, three, four left. We got Jim, Cindy, 
Brenda Steve. I had Brandon number one. Are we agreed on that? I'm fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So how do we want to stack Brenda, Steve, Jim, and Cindy? I would go Brenda. I just like Brenda. Brenda's just below Brandon. Brenda at the bottom or at the top? I like her on top. I, I know it was an unnecessary part of it, but she was so great in it, and she just seemed so endearing. It really made me like her in this episode. I mean, I always like her, but once again, I th- she didn't have Did that th- much to do with the plot, so maybe that. So I think I'd go Brandon, Brenda, Steve, Jim, Cindy from top to bottom. Any disagreement with that? Yeah, Cindy gets it just for fucking calling Jim out on his fucking being a pussy. So. Right. But you right. would have Jim above right. Cindy? I like Cindy above Jim for that. Okay, so you she have you you're she, going Brandon, Brandon, Brenda, Steve, Cindy, Jim. That's what you're saying. I mean, I like whatever. Um, Steve, I would just annoy me, but I, maybe I'm looking at these in a different way. But uh, Cindy making Jim, Cindy made Jim get, cut his shit and re, and like reconcile with Brandon. So she was very important to how this played out. And I guess Steve was too, but just by being a dick. Right. I love ang- angry rage monster Jim though. Mm, he was a good character. He was just top up on pills. They just didn't mention that. So they didn't yeah. want to play that up. So, I don't know. I could go either way. Flip flop, uh, Jim, Cindy. It's, I would say, uh, host. Well, something is two for Jim and one for Cindy. So we're going Jim above Cindy. Sorry. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying stuff and not giving you any answers anyway. So it's like yeah. trying to go out to dinner with your wife and she won't tell you where she wants to go. I'm just saying stuff. Right. You name every restaurant in the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, there you go. All right, uh, Tim, anything you want to talk about North-South Connection? Um, well, I always implore everyone to subscribe to the North-South Connection because that is where you are hearing this podcast. And so in addition to this show, 9021 No-So, um, real variety of, of pop culture-related content coming at you from North-South. Um, a lot of pro wrestling-themed shows. And most recently... Um, I guess you could say um, North South has um, has had a nice pickup of uh, the Jenny position family of podcasts. So uh, our our dear friend Jennifer Smith and former past multiple past guest of of this show, um, of course, uh, curated the Jenny position podcast network. Um, and now you can hear all of that right here on North South Connection. So, Justin, um, Justin was Justin was like Steve Sanders. He negotiated to get her onto the network. Negotiated to get it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't trade any scrubs Big, though. So didn't have to trade off. Yeah, and didn't have to um, ship uh, old Crawford down the river or anything. Um, JT's like, I got to talk to you later, Martone. I got to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do enough to get off. traded. <laughs> you got traded to the. You got traded to Mark Maron's podcast. <laughs> um, so you can hear such great shows as the journey through infinity with myself, uh, JT, Jenny and Scott Criscolo. That's where we're going chronologically through, uh, the Marvel cinematic universe. And we, uh, just had a show on black Panther, not too, too long ago. So we're really moving through, uh, the MCU there. Um, so that we're going to try to make more of a regular thing. Um, so stay tuned for more of that. And uh, I will say <laughs> tentatively the returning talking pop with myself and Jennifer Smith, um, usually sitting down to interview a guest. We do have uh, quite the list uh, still in front of us for guests we'd like to talk to, um, but we don't do that on every episode. It's kind of just a 
variety show. It's it's whatever we want it to be. It's talking pop, and it's been on hiatus, but we'd like to um, again get that back on track. Uh, Rocco, anything that uh, you would like to promote, podcast wise or <coughs> social wise? Sure, you could uh, find me on the uh, No So Chronoso Daily every couple weeks, doing uh, 15 minutes on one individual match that I've been enjoying a lot. Uh, you can check out my band, Chain to the Dead, and uh, any social medias. And if you, speaking of 90210, if you listen, you can listen to me on a recent. Um, have you heard of, of Pluto? We don't talk about Pluto. Have you? <laughs> you heard about Pluto? Have you heard about Pluto with the, the Jennifer Smith uh, talking about Idle Hands, starring 90210 alumni Jessica Alba? So check that out, mm. the 420 episode. Yeah, but also check out everything else. Yeah. We and have everything. to offer the Red Cell Connection, which is uh, just tons of content that we're super proud of. So spread the word if you're listening. We'd appreciate it. Let's get to our final character rankings, and then we'll go home. Last place, poor Jackie Taylor. <coughs> 13 points. Now, Pasuccio gets a little bump up to 43, still in second to last, but earned some points today. Scott Scanlon with 61. Donna Martin with 72. That's the bottom tier. Move up a level, we got David Silver with 116 and Andreas Zuckerman with 122. Climb a little bit more with Jim Walsh is at 141, Dylan McKay at 142, so they're neck and neck. Kelly Taylor at 151, Cindy Walsh at 156, and Steve Sanders at 160. They're kind of our best of the rest. And then our top two continuing to completely destroy the field. Brandon Walsh at 221, Brenda Walsh at 223. Damn. So there you go. And Tim, I think we should talk. Uh, Okay. Like, should we you're being keep a composite? You're, you're done. <laughs> should we do um, by episode like we do? Should we do uh, cumulative? But should we also do by season? Right. So like, right, right. End of I was season one. Exact same thought. Yeah. Right. So end of season one, we have these totals. We'll still mm-hmm. do our all time, but we reset the slate for season two because I feel like every season could bring a new story. So while Brandon. And Brenda may crush the field overall, like maybe a Dylan or something could win a season, right? Yes, I, I do feel strongly in, in resetting the field each season while still keeping in the background our cumulative. Only because when you think about it, this this show does have a very stable cast for its first, mm-hmm. we'll say, five seasons. Five, yeah, um, five seasons, yeah. But we will get to a point where people are just going to drop off. Right, right. Or new people come in when Valerie comes and in. New people she's come, and new people come in. Yeah, she's gonna yeah. Valerie's gonna. Place. Right, and you've got great supporting characters we haven't met yet. We've also got parents <laughs> that we haven't mm-hmm. met yet. Um, so there, there's a lot still to come, and I, I think it's only fair that they should start on on a level playing field within their, you know, w- within their their universe. That they inhabit on the show, right? And like you said too, we'll we'll continue to do the overall, just to see. Um, so we'll we'll start doing three basically, um, three sets going forward. Mm-hmm. So well after the next two. And Rocco, I love you for thinking we're going to make it to the Valerie season. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here tonight on short notice, pinch hitting, as it were. We appreciate it. Everyone have a little dim sum, a little dim sum. Oh,